0: The unnecessary skeptical podcast. I'm Nathan, and joining me today is Susie. Oh, hello. (laughs) And Craig. Hello. It's been a while. Don't think it has been a while. We are shocking at doing this,
1: slackers. Um,
0: I don't think we have any feedback from anyone, which is why we don't do it, guys. If you guys told us you were listening, we would (laughs) honestly would do this on a regular basis. Don't take hold us to that. no corrections, no notice boards. Is there a conference this year? Who's organising the conference?
2: <laughs> of course there'll be a conference this year. It's going to be in the South Island. Ooh, there you go. Exciting. That's, all we, that's know. all we
0: know. Somewhere in the South Island. Yeah. Hopefully not yeah. in whatever the place is in the South Island that's chocker with measles right now.
1: <laughs> Canterbury, indeed. Yes. Speaking of which.
2: Well, it may well be there.
0: <laughs> right in the middle of my segue, you dick.
2: Or it might not be. But anyway.
0: (laughs) Wow. I'm going to have to edit this so it sounds like I didn't get interrupted halfway through. Speaking (laughs) of which, in our new segment, we're going to talk about MMR and autism and measles outbreaks. I assume that's Susie?
2: Well, well, let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it.
0: There's
1: measles Um, and shit. Yeah. So at the moment, there is a measles outbreak going on in Canterbury uh, as of Today, Sunday the 10th, there's been about 20 cases Um, and they're actually, the district health board down there are advising um, not just people who um, think they haven't been vaccinated to go and get vaccinated, but um, other people too. So they are saying that, um, what do they go? So they're saying that people in their late teens and early 20s should check out whether they've had um, all of the doses of the vaccine because they might have missed one or more of them. They're saying that people aged 29 to 50 um, may also have only received one dose of the vaccine, so um, they should check out whether they need a booster. Um, and then young children, so normally they vaccinate uh, very young children and then again at four years old, and they're now saying that actually they're going to move the one at four um, earlier, so younger, younger children are also being um, uh, asked to be taken back to be vaccinated.
2: So, is there actually an easy way of finding out whether you've vac, what your vaccine status is? I mean, I can imagine I would have to call up my doctor, and they would have to go search through my, my records and look back and try and figure there, out.
1: So, yeah, you can you can get uh, tested for your antibody levels, which is probably a good thing to do. Um, I I just don't know actually at the moment whether like what that costs, what the capacity is. There are people online saying they've been trying to go and get vaccinated in Canterbury. um, And unless, you know, so they've been going to their uh, doctor, the doctor doesn't have enough vaccine, they're kind of holding it. um, And other surgeries that do have vaccine are only saving it for their own patients. So some people who want to get vaccinated are also having trouble. Mm. And I don't know what this means Mm. for those of us who are not in Canterbury um so it's a yeah i've just been reading about this this weekend and haven't had a chance to contact my doctor but and then i was vaccinated <laughs> overseas so i don't know what that means for those of us who yeah that we don't have any records yeah yet. exactly
2: and which is why I, and and yeah. by definition i mean everybody is generally going to be vaccinated um for these diseases if they were vaccinated properly at an age where they don't have any memories well,
1: yes indeed <laughs> so- um yeah, so it's a tricky one, Um, but I think best to maybe give your GP's surgery a call and just ask what they're suggesting people do.
2: Yeah, and I guess this is really the, the panic that results from um, an outbreak that is a result of people not doing the proper vaccination at the time they should be.
1: Well, it's also people coming into New Zealand. So this this is what happens at the moment is that uh, we get people catch it overseas, so um, and I guess it's those people who are not vaccinated fully who then go overseas and pick it up. Um, but the number of measles cases around the world is kind of exploding. So there, there was a study um, done recently that said that the cases in Europe have kind of doubled in the last few years. Uh, seen some countries even more than that. There are outbreaks happening in the US, uh, in um, some places in Southeast Asia, uh, it's just like it's kind of everywhere at the moment, and it's kind of sad because we were doing really well mm. um, against it. it.
2: just shows that their vaccine doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, which also, I guess, links to the other story I wanted to talk about, which is that um, there's been yet another study <laughs> published to show no link between the MMR vaccine and autism. Well, we and this that. is a really interesting – That was super well, important. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah how many more of these um what's kind of interesting about this this study so they um it's a danish study looked at over 6000 cases of autism amongst like over half a million children in in the um in denmark and they specifically looked at those at sort of some of the theories that people have about uh, autism and, and mmr so they did things like looked at whether if a child um, had a kind of genetic disposition to autism, what happened if they were vaccinated, um, all sorts of things that people are sort of worried about. And not just MMR, they looked at other vaccines and they basically, as we know, found no link because there is no link. Um, but it's an interesting thing because it's very clear that facts don't matter, right? <laughs> um Hmm. We've known about this lack of a link for ages, but so so one of the there's a really interesting book out which um, we absolutely must talk to the author about. Um, so Jess Barrettson Shaw has written a book about how do you talk or how do you change minds and talk to people in this kind of post truth world, and her her all the research points to the fact that basically facts don't matter, and actually if you start using facts kind of people switch off um and one of the things that sort of she's despairing of when people start pointing to studies um is that when we say there's no link between mmr and autism all people hear is an association between the two words mmr and autism (laughs) and they miss the bit in the middle that says no link (laughs) and so she would really like us to get away from doing any of that kind of thing and start to you know look at how else we can talk about um the so safety that, of that, vaccines.
2: That, that's that, that's interesting to the the research that show that that's a kind of a, a parallel to the the research that shows that the way that your brain stores um, facts is that in in one place in your brain you are remembering there's an association between um, two things, and then there's another place in the brain that actually stores whether or not this is a fact or whether it's <laughs> false. Brackets. <laughs> and so it's a bit of a flaw in the brain's architecture that um these things aren't stored together
1: oh and the final thing i want to kind of mention seeing as we're talking about vaccines and immunization and stuff um do you remember that phd thesis from the university uh of uh, wollongong where um somebody got a phd in 2015 uh basically slamming the Australian government's vaccination policy. Do you remember that? It was kind of like a no. anti-vaccination PhD. It was quite amazing at the time. Um, so some researchers have now gone through that thesis and basically they've written a scientific paper which has been published in Vaccine, analysing the entire thesis. Um Nice. The paper is open access, so we'll put a link to it. But they, the the person sort of, um, they kind of uh, almost sort of claimed that there was no evidence for what people were saying around safety and stuff. Um, and so they've now gone back and looked at this person's evidence for the things that they're saying. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting.
2: Hmm. Of course, nobody ever gets their PhD revoked, do they?
1: I don't know that, that actually. Yeah. I, would think I don't think it is. Know. If
0: they found that you'd made
1: shit up or what.
2: Really? But then, does this really happen? Does this ever happen? I don't know. Happen?
0: I would assume so.
2: Well, would you? But that's not a basis for knowledge, yeah, Nathan. This... <laughs> I'm assuming, therefore,
0: it's true. Know. You're not familiar with you my. Know.
1: Anyway. Wait. I've just found something. <laughs> Retraction watch. Um, earlier this month, a university in Japan announced it was revoking a student's PhD uh, um, degree. Okay. A student's PhD? But,
2: or a well, well done, Nathan. PhD. Your assumption was
1: A student's PhD. For a
0: student, are they
1: well? They had got a PhD.
2: Okay. Right. So, well, Nathan, what do you what do you mean by doctor? It a PhD, I think you mean
1: doctor PhD doctor.
2: Well, if you, you can well, revoke a, if you have a PhD, PhD, you can use the title. Right, but you can use the title doctor, student? but in the common path, the doctor is not is a medical doctor.
1: It sounds like this is actually a shit reason for um for for revoking somebody's PhD, though. Okay. It actually doesn't sound like that was legitimate, but it does suggest which it probably might.
0: happens. Okay,
1: yeah, but Good not very often.
0: Okay, so moving on mm-hmm. to the next item, which is the Center for Inquiry is suing a spreadsheet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, no this is no, me. No,
2: Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. Nathan. <laughs> but, well, firstly, firstly, it's CVS, oh, not oh, CSV. I know, I just saw that. And, Sorry, and that's
1: my and, fault.
2: And secondly, a CSV is not a spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a file format. <laughs> it would have worked as well with the joke. <laughs> so CVS uh, is a
1: pharmacy, I
0: believe. Is it in the US? Must be, because Centre for Inquiry. Okay, yes. tell us
1: about that. Yep. Um, just that they are basically suing um, CVS for selling homeopathy. Yeah, nice. Basically saying um, that um, on their website, there's homeopathic remedies, remedies, homeopathic products alongside sort of, you know, every other thing. And that given that we know homeopathy is pseudoscience, um, they are going to try and sue them. And so if people – we'll put a link. There's a little video that they've made to explain why they're doing this. They're asking people to donate money to help them with their campaign. So we'll pop a link up for that.
0: I was going to say something, but I think it actually – think i I'm thinking of Boots, who admitted under in, – in, as part of testimony, they admitted that they knew it didn't work, but they sold it because people wanted it anyway. They yes, might have been indeed. Boots. But still, same thing yeah, because they boots. can't possibly mm-hmm. not know. Um, do you want to talk briefly about Operation Pizza Roll?
2: Yes. Yes. Well, that would be a good thing to talk about. Um, uh, so, Susan Jubrick.
0: one of those two, uh, runs Guerrilla Skepticism. I think it's. I think it's.
2: I think it's Gerberich.
0: Gerberich. Um, She runs Guerrilla Skepticism, which uh, primarily deals with editing. Wikipedia pages uh, that's what they're most known for um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: So a while ago I actually saw the post and I thought about joining in and seeing, seeing what they were doing um, She was asking for volunteers to join the mysteriously named Operation <laughs> Pizza Roll um, She didn't give any details about what it was um, well, I think she dropped enough hints that I figured out basically what she was doing Um, the deal was that they were going to set up a whole bunch of fake Facebook pages. And a person or a people would be responsible for maintaining that page, posting photos of their breakfasts and photos of monuments and random miscellaneous everyday bullshit, the sort of things that people post on Facebook. And when a psychic was visiting... Uh, a certain city, they would pick up the appropriate Facebook page and they would send in a, an operative. I'm pretty sure that the one they did, they sent in Susan and um, Mark, Ed- Edward? Edward, isn't it? Um, um, and they would go in and pretend to be the people in the Facebook page, which, and this is quite crucial, they didn't know anything about um or they may have known some of the details but not all of the details yeah they they, they knew yeah.
2: some some details but but not they ha- they hadn't actually visited the pages and so they weren't aware of all the things that people were posting about their lives that they supposedly had
0: um yeah so exactly that they went in they just waited to see if they would be picked
2: and crucially it wasn't that they were just an ordinary member of the public but they had signed up and purchased Ah. vip tickets so they had sort of they they had basically given their names to the psychic and saying okay i'm going to be sitting in the front row as a vip person so the psychic was aware of these people in advance that were going to be showing up at the show and so therefore that provided them the possibility that the psychic might do some um, uh, independent investigation in advance Mm, of the show surely not (laughs) <laughs> something called hot reading.
0: And they did.
2: Hmm.
0: so they well how
2: how do we know that?
0: Well, we know that because the psychic in question pulled details from the Facebook page that Mark and Susan did not know. um something about a dead father or a dog or something. I forget what it was. Um, hmm. so they they had oh buddy which was the Black Labrador who died.
2: Buddy's coming through (laughs) to you now.
0: Um, So, yeah, the psychic wasn't reading their minds and pulling out information they already knew. Uh, He was only pulling information he could only possibly have got from the Facebook page, Um, which the details you can go and read. We'll put a link um, in the show notes. Uh, But the really interesting thing is it's picked up a lot of uh, media attention. Um, mm.
2: So it's been. So this. So hang on. Isn't this guy? Is this guy the psychic that they actually um, exposed? Is he the seatbelt psychic?
0: I do not know the answer to that question. I don't know what the seatbelt
2: psychic is,
0: but it's on your list of things to talk about.
2: Is it? Mm, no, because in the agenda you put in that we should look at the seatbelt psychic. Oh, folks. that's
1: the one who does it in the car. Was that?
2: Yeah. No, it wasn't
1: me. Oh, that might have been me.
2: Yes, that's the guy. That's okay, the, guy. the guy. Yes, he's the guy yeah. who um, who they actually exposed. Mm. Pretty certain. I don't know Pretty like certain. The
0: psychic is. Is this a show or something where he drives people around or something? Yeah. yeah. That, so
2: there's a, there's a show that's available on TVNZ on demand. Um, this is yes. So his name is Thomas John. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I'm fairly certain that he's the guy that they took down. Yes, right. So um, that actual video, Thomas John, the seatbelt psychic, busted for right. cheating. Yes. So this is the guy. Yep. And basically at the end of that video, he had a response saying that, oh, no, I don't have time to surf Facebook. Blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> you bullshit. Well, even if he doesn't have time, he has people who do it. <laughs>
0: exactly. Good work, everyone involved mm. in that. Congratulations. No doubt they'll do it again. I mean, spoilers. They're probably done now. Psychics are all safe to just browse Facebook and <laughs> cheat in their readings. That's fine. Carry on. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. So uh, let's do WooZ next, and we'll do pub talk after that, because you wanted to talk about dowsing first. Craig.
2: Yeah, so... Uh, there was a recent uh, controversy, which um, I was a little bit personally involved in. So there was a um, an incident that was observed by Gold, who is um, one of the past uh, chairpeople of the New Zealand Skeptics, in Wellington, where um, an employee, or supposed employee of the City Council, was observed to be using dowsing rods to locate... Um, some pipes underneath the footpath, and so what he observed was um, that there was an employee using these bra- uh, these dowsing rods, and then when they crossed, somebody would come along and spray paint My on God. the footpath as indicating it's <gasps> that that's where they should wow. um, they should dig the hole, whatever. Anyway, so um, uh, Gold posted this out on Twitter, and um, Jess, who's um, uh The editor of the New Zealand Skeptics Journal and um, uh, a frequent uh, Twitter, Twitter contributor um, sort of picked this up, and she contacted the uh, Wellington City Council to inquire about this. And somebody there said, "Oh, oh yes, that's 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 what happened, and we use our contractor Downer um, to to do this work for us." So do in they, the do end, they
0: use they use Downer to do dowsing, or they use Downer. And Downer chooses to use dowsing.
2: Downer is a relatively large sort of engineering company contractor that does things like underground water maintenance and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: but does, does the, is the council contracting them specifically
2: well, the to do dowsing? No, no, no. Okay. The council's contracting them to do the work of digging up footpaths and doing whatever they do underneath footpaths with water mains and so on. Um, anyway so we put in an inquiry to um, dowser through their web page with a bunch of questions downer. asking um, yes yeah, downer <laughs> yes through their, their web page as, asking about um, the practice and whether it was accurate and whether they whether they use um, dowsing regularly and 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 uh, whether they keep records of the employee who uses its success rate and so on, um, and whether there's any cost to the Wellington City Council for providing these dowsing services. Uh, anyway, so they came back to us with um, a response, which kind of indicated that at least at first they were unaware that this was happening. Um, but yes, they they said that, well, it's just another, another tool in the toolkit for, <laughs> for what we do. Um and bizarrely and bizarrely their response to us sort of indicated that um health and safety was really important to them and there was no harm in this and
0: Health um, and safety. <laughs> it is news it using magic powers to define whether where it's safe to dig. And that quoting health and safety.
2: Yeah, basically. It's basically. the opposite of health and safety. <laughs> anyway, so we um so we kind of i went back to them and said well hey look this is this is definitely um pseudoscience definitely doesn't work there's been studies that show that this doesn't work um there's been media interest in this you we wouldn't want downer to become uh, a laughing stock um so we would request that you should uh, stop using this practice and so they came back to me again and said well um, they're not going to issue an edict to their employees to stop using this practice uh, and that it's again that it's safe um, and there's no harm it doesn't cost the Wellington City Council anything. But, and so basically if they're
1: if they're pulling up the pavement <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: The man with the magic
0: sticks says <laughs> it's safe to cut through this concrete with a huge metal blade. <laughs> and he doesn't know. It no, could exactly. be wires or fucking water mains. Yes. Any, anyway, I'm angry so. at you personally, Craig, because you're representing <laughs> the company in this discussion. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Don't
2: shoot the messenger. Uh, so, so we we did, in fact, then go back to the media, and um, they've done a reasonably good job of um, of publicising it and making a bit of fun of Downer. Um, so there was uh newsroom um picked up the story and then um stuff also picked up the story um so yeah there's been a bit of um bit of Downer becoming a laughing stock which is as we said <laughs> would happen um and yeah there's been a bit of international interest in this as well the um uh i talked to richard saunders on the uh skeptic zone podcast um so that went out yesterday and it was also picked up by um the friendly atheist um, blog which is good to see so yeah um who knows um the who knows whether this will actually stop them from using the practice but perhaps at least now that there's been some sort of public awareness of this i guess if the public observe them using this kind of um technique again then then maybe um maybe there'll be some more controversy around it um so yeah who knows whether what we've actually done will will have an effect any time will tell yeah i wonder if you need
0: to point out to them that this is becoming an international story as well just to scare them into yeah
2: Hmm. (sighs) yeah well and and downer are a uh, an australian company so they have
0: ah okay
2: so we we talked about the fact that um that james Randi and dick smith with the australian skeptics back in 1980 did this quite amazing test where they actually um got um, about 15 people who claimed that they could douse for water underneath the ground and this is because in australia they have people wanting to put wells into to get water out of the ground and and the outback and so on and so they 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 at the time offered this forty thousand dollar prize um, for somebody who could actually demonstrate that they could that their dowsing worked and so they did this standard challenge where all the the people actually agreed that it was a fair test and they had these PVC pipes that are under the that they buried and they had this sort of um, mechanism where they could randomly Put water through one set of pipes and not through others, and the dowsers.
0: It was a series of it was a series of taps, yeah, yeah, which one person would turn on and then go away.
2: Yeah, and and, and so the
0: other testers would come and yeah, and not know. Yeah,
2: and so the dowsers um, had had claimed that they would have something like a ninety percent success rate, and in the end, when they did this test, it turned out that their success rate rate was no better than chance, and it was around about fifteen percent. So that kind of conclusively proved that um, dowsing does not work <laughs> by a fair test that was agreed to by the dowsers.
0: As far as we know, to the best of our knowledge, right now, no, dowsing doesn't work. To
2: and um, yeah, how, how could it possibly work? I mean, they're basically, they're magic sticks. Um, so anyway, um, of course, there were a whole bunch of comments on the articles uh, in on the stuff um site i think uh and people claiming that oh well i'm a skeptic but this works right mm-hmm. so yeah so that oh that, man
0: I, yes. I'm, I'm totally a skeptic yes. but i believe this thing that my neighbor told me that he could find pipes in my yard and exactly. he totally did
2: yes so I, that leads on to this sort of question as to how do you do actually define what a skeptic is but we can talk about that a bit later yeah, yeah
0: we'll talk about that in pub talk in the meantime,
2: let's do sensing
0: murder. I haven't seen this one. So no, right. So, um,
2: so there's been this case recently. Um, there was an article in the Herald about how the police are now opening an investigation into the disappearance of a young boy by the name of Peter Bolland. Uh, is it Bolland or Bollard? Uh, actually, I might have got that wrong. I think it might be Bollard. Um, Bolland. Oh, is Bolland. No, you're right. Okay, right. It's Bolland in the okay. in the article. Um, so. Uh, Back in 1957, so this is a pretty old case, um, there was a young nine-year-old boy disappeared um, on a holiday down at a farm um, near Gisborne. Um, And so Sensing Murder, um, the TV program, covered this case back in 2017. And and so it was kind of a bit strange because the... um, there are apparently no police records of the investigation of this. Um, and so that's why they've reopened the investigation to see whether they can, fo- well, I guess, find out what happened. <laughs> um, but at this point, I mean, it's 60 years ago, so it seems pretty unlikely that they're actually going to un- uncover anything. And and, e- and even if it was foul play, then the chances are that the person who did it is probably, probably dead by now um anyway so um the the reason this has come up recently is because of this um this investigation that the police are going to start um but i went back and had a look at the episode of sensing murder just to see exactly what um what they were doing and yes i i took one for the team i actually watched an episode of sensing murder oh god (laughs) um I'd offer you
0: some sort of compensation, but
1: no (laughs) one
2: asked you to do that. Okay, okay. So, self-inflicted. So, so there was an article yesterday in the Herald written by Noreen Hegarty. And Noreen Hegarty used to work for the police, and she now works for Screen Time Media who make the Sensing Murder Program. So, she was was, um, involved in um, police communications and so on. Um, so she's now kind of written this article in the Herald that basically defends sensing murder. She admits that people, um, a lot of, there's a lot of controversy around the program and, um, that, um, it, but basically, and, and as she says in the, um, article, let me just find this. Um, so she just seems to be a sort of a true believer in skeptics. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, not in skeptics and psychics. <laughs> so what she's saying is that um, the two main psychics, Deb and Sue, who featured on the Sensing Murder episodes about Peter Bolland, knew nothing of him, his circumstances, or the people um, he was with when he disappeared. Neither of them knew their travel itinerary as the producer had arranged there for their respective tickets to be held in confidence by the airline, airline until check-in time. Even then, they only knew the plane's destination, not the final one. The psychics were told to pack a suitcase, a passport in Deb's case, and expect to be away from home for two nights. Uh, they did not have, once discovering they were in, po- in potoki to have their readings recorded on separate occasions. Any opportunity to Google search Peter's name, because they did not know it until now, there's been no publicity about his disappearance since 1957. Yet, when put to the test on different days in the Aupotiki Motel uh, and the farm where Peter was last seen alive, they revealed his name, age, the month and year he disappeared and one of the Christian names of the men he was with at the time. Um, so, in actually watching the, um, the Sensing Murder episode, you see shots of the psychics naming these things, uh, naming these items and names and so on. But what's not taken into account is that they're in this room for eight hours. We're only seeing sort of maybe a few minutes of, um, the filming of where they actually get these hits. And so there's, there's no filming of, well, there's no, no broadcast of all the times when they got things wrong. So, um and and obviously the people who are actually doing the filming know stuff Mm -hmm. about the case so there is always the possibility that um they're perhaps providing unconscious um cues as to when they're getting close to hits and so on this is basically the clever Hans effect um which if you look that up is around is about the the horse uh back in the Early nine, no, early I think it was the 1900s. It was supposedly able to do um, maths, um, simple maths, and yeah, you're, you're familiar with that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, some um, people might not be, so you could maybe just really quickly.
2: Yeah. So there was this. There was this claim that there was this horse that could um, do maths. So people would say, "Okay, what's um, three plus five And hold up three fingers and five fingers, and the horse would. Um, I. Th- Think, tap its foot. Tap its foot in order to indicate what the what the actual answer was, and it seemed that the horse was able to do this. But what was happening was that the horse was picking up on uh, on the cues that the questioners were giving him when he got close to the right number of taps, and he would would stop. Um, so they they did this test um, somehow, basically blinded, um, perhaps even literally. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly yeah, they, how they, they...
0: They stood behind a, a wall or something and asked them the same question, so the horse couldn't see anybody. And yeah, without right. the tension release, um, the horse didn't know when to stop tapping or right. when to begin tapping, maybe even.
2: Mm. Yeah, so yes, that 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 was a good experiment to, uh, to show that there are unconscious uh, clues being delivered. So I, I think that's what's going on. Anyway, so this... Um, So this article from Noreen Hegarty, who who works for Screen Time, is basically defending um, sensing murder. Uh, And so what she's saying is the program format is essentially designed to test two psychics to see how much correct information they can sense that the viewer, though through having already been told the backstory is aware of but which the psychic isn't any new or previously confidential information that only the family or peace, police know of but which the psychics also divulge as a bonus well i i, I mean i don't see what the point is here <laughs> what why do they need to continually test these psychics
0: um yeah that's i mean is it's, a that, of, it's a bit of a cop-out yeah. Oh, we're not trying to solve any murders. We're just trying to test the psychics.
2: Yeah, and surprisingly, the psychics never reveal anything that yeah. wasn't already known to the people who are involved mm. with the case. So, Bit of a
0: joke. In so fact, just to... I take umbrage somewhat with the with the term article or the word article, because as you've just rightly pointed out, this woman works for the company. Yes. So this is an this yeah. is an editorial.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Now, just to complete the story about this woman, so I looked her up on LinkedIn and and the way she describes what she does at the moment. So she's a researcher for for Screen Time New Zealand and says researching story content for a new series of documentary style T V mm. program. Uh-huh. <laughs> not 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 um, Sensing Murder, TV program featuring psychics.
0: She, um, she misspelled exploitation, <laughs> uh, Exploitation, I think.
2: Yes. Yeah. So it makes me think that, well, if she's putting that on her LinkedIn profile, she at least has some qualms about what she's doing.
0: Yeah, instead of just publicizing it. Mm. Okay. Um, so Kelvin Crook. <laughs> Shank. Uh-huh. Um, is claiming success what, about what, something. What, what was that pause in the name there? Pause. These are just normal-sized paws. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> My cat's not even here.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um, Calvin Crockshank is yet another one of these celebrity psychics from the Sensing Murder series, and he recently uh, had some success apparently locating the body... Or suggesting the location of a body of a uh, an old man with dementia who had would seem wandered off. Um, so the story has been sort of spun out to make Kelvin Crookshank look amazing. Um, but I one of the early one of the early things I saw was that Kelvin Crookshank was saying that this is the first time in New Zealand that a psychic has actually um managed to provide some information that located a body. Which in wow. itself is kind of revealing really, isn't it? I mean Wow. That... Seriously, he said that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Where are all the other psychics jumping on him saying fuck you?
2: <laughs> yes. So um Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought that was kind of kind of um, telling really
0: so on um, a bit of a psychic um, role. <laughs> so the next article I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Um, a tarot reader has been denied yeah. an FPOS machine
1: this is,
0: this is... because they're a high-risk
1: yes. um, business. Is, yes. that the, is that the terminology? So. Oh, yeah, that. so um, apparently an Auckland tarot reader is asking Bank to review its policies after she was denied an FPOS machine. And they're saying that um, they don't uh, offer businesses like tarot readers and machines because they um, have this uh, disproportionate incidence of disputes and chargebacks.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Mm.
1: Too many people complain. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Um,
0: This often happens where the merchant has made an error at the point of sale or possible fraud has taken place. (laughs) I love this article so much
1: yeah. interesting
0: yeah. Um, apparently other banks don't have similar policies so she's basically being told to fuck off and go to <laughs> ANZ or something
2: yes oh, no, this, um, is, this is so... the, the
0: article maybe um, interviewing an ANZ spokesman he wasn't aware of any policies um, but however it has some restrictions for example a wooden bank to, know those, uh, to those known to be involved in illegal activities
1: which wouldn't be terrible well,
0: um, well <laughs> nah. it's not technically <laughs> illegal i suppose until they start breaking the law outright anyway mm. as well as customers who couldn't show that they would be able to manage risks associated with their business so ANZ could possibly also uh turn them down technically
1: mm.
0: asb doesn't huh. As long as they operate responsibility and are not carrying out activities that are against the law. Uh, they, they also uh, asked all the other banks and they didn't comment. So, uh, pub talk. how do you define a skeptic? So, we sort of talked to, started talking yes. about this um, briefly earlier and we decided to move it down. So, you're talking specifically in relation to this dowsing issue.
2: Yeah, so all all these people saying, "Well, I'm a skeptic. I was a, or this is the classic line, isn't it? I I used to be a skeptic, but now I'm a believer because I've seen the evidence," and
0: or because you've seen some half-ass demonstration, yeah, where they've claimed to be able to do something.
2: Yeah. So, what are the characteristics of of being a skeptic?
0: Well, the the best, or well, one of the best definitions I heard, uh in my time doing this podcast is when I interviewed Steve Valentine very, very briefly. Um, You can go and look that up in the archives, if you like. It's a very noisy interview because we're in a large hall with a lot of people. Um, And he said, a skeptic is someone who, when someone says, I can do X, where X is something like reading minds, the skeptic says, prove it. Which I thought, in the contents of the of the discussion we were having, I thought was very, very good. Mm. Um, but and it's 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 very simplified.
2: Yes. Sure. But, but but you could then say, okay, well, I can douse the water. So you say, prove it. And so there, somebody brings out their their dousing rods and they cross and so on and and so you could then sort of say, okay, well, that proves it. But I think being a skeptic is more also thinking about what so I guess the 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 Bayesian approach of what's the what's the prior probability that, that yes yeah, yeah and thinking about plausibility and thinking about uh mechanisms for for these things and how to design good tests and
0: well that's as good tests as well as I was just about to comment on because I think if I was going to expand that definition, I would say that there's science involved hmm. We tend to use science because we've demonstrated that science works. And so we aim to take a scientific approach to uh, test claims that are extraordinary. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
2: Susie?
0: You're the newest (laughs) sceptic of all of us, aren't you?
2: Really? What? Well, and she's the youngest (laughs) of all of us.
1: Oh, is that true?
0: Well, that too. Is she? I can never remember who's... Oh, well, I'm, I'm definitely not the youngest. Craig, Craig's I think definitely the oldest. we're at
1: the same age, but I can't remember whose birthday's first.
0: Okay. We'll figure it out <laughs> later. Do you have anything to add?
1: No, not really.
2: <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, actually, Nathan, I think you are the youngest sceptic, surely, because... Um, well, that's what I yes, thought. You, you um, spent your formative years as a um, Bible thumper. Oh, well, Yes. <laughs>
1: So did I, anyway, we, but yeah, possibly not been okay. many years. Yeah, cause Susie was. I wasn't thumping Bibles, maybe. but I did go to church.
2: Yeah, Nathan was definitely thumping Bibles.
0: Mm. I didn't technically thump the Bibles themselves. <laughs> anyway, have, have we have we answered the question then,
2: have we? Because that was a very short pub talk. Wow, well, mm, I don't know. Do we? Have we? I
0: don't know.
2: I'm, I'm pretty confident. We, with why I, I, I think we need a, a a pithy response that we can give to somebody who says that. I'm a sceptic. How about fuck off? You say, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Because <laughs> if you were, well, I mean, you would have these characteristics. The, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you would actually respect science and actually know that, that people, are, people are very good at fooling themselves. So the specific example I thought you were talking about was in the New Zealand Association of
0: Rationalists and Humanists' Facebook page, where someone posted the article, and someone's posted in the comments saying that um, I have a neighbor who can do this. Um, He works in the industry. He doesn't know how it works, but he can do it with just two bits of wire. It's awesome. He's amazingly accurate. He saved me time and money from digging in the wrong place, uh, and so on and so forth. I'm not defending water divining as a practice, and I consider myself a serious skeptic, but I'm telling you that this guy can find (laughs) underground water pipes consistently and accurately. To within about a hundred mil accuracy, um, and I'm, I, I didn't jump straight in with sensible questions. I basically, well, I kind of did. I could have been more generous in my responses. I was a little bit mean, but my ultimate question was, um, so have you already tested this in a double-blind fashion? Um, to which his response was mm. to to my three or four posts with about four or, four or five questions in them. Um, humans, and more specifically scientists, cannot currently explain everything in our physical world yet, e.g. dark matter, but we're working on it. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a um, steal from the Skeptics Guide and uh, name that logical fallacy. Humans, and more specifically scientists, cannot currently explain everything in our physical world yet,
2: but we're working on it. Uh, Well, isn't that the... um... The, from authority? The, the, I never know how to pronounce it. Two-quote? Two
0: um, uh, th- yeah, no. Um, I like argument from authority. I was kind of thinking that myself. I was going to go with argument from ignorance.
2: Um, what he's yeah, saying is we don't
0: know everything, therefore you can't say that it doesn't work. I mean, it's two-quote too yeah, is it's kind of a, kind of a similar sort of fallacy, I suppose, in sort of you, yeah, but you. Anyway, that was all. I thought that was interesting. Mm. I, just... I may or may not get around to replying to that thread. I'm kind of bored with it now. I have much less motivation for arguing with idiots online these days as I get old.
1: That's good to hear. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so if anyone has any oh, done, any dude. better definitions, feel free to send us an email or um, on our Facebook page. Send us a message. Uh, or personally, if you know us, you probably do, since I'm sure that's all the everyone who listens. Hi, Mum. My mum
2: doesn't listen to this. Are there many sceptics where you live, Nathan? What's that? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few. I've bumped into about four or five people that I would consider sceptics and/or atheists. Just mm-hmm. sort of randomly meeting people through theatre or whatever other you know games clubs and stuff that I'm in. It's very interesting. I'm very okay. really interesting. Anyway, moving on. And Susie's got more time than she thought she had um, for suspicious supplements. <laughs> and it's about essential oils.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you going to ask us to join yeah, your email makes... in, Susie? <laughs>
1: um so a couple of people have sort of pointed me to this and asked me to look into it, which I haven't done properly yet, but it seems that there's a company in New Zealand, um doTERRA, who are basically We've talked about one them one before. Have we talked about that one specifically? Maybe, I don't
0: know. Oh, yes. okay. We've hmm. yes, been yes, talking yes.
1: about it again. No, I don't remember. Anyway, ah,
2: yeah, we definitely have well, I just, about them. I just about to
1: them. remind people they appear to be a multi-level scam yep. yes but... they are definitely um the reason that people some a couple of people pointed me to them is that uh so the whole point about essential oils is that you either put them in diffusers and kind of you know smell them you use them topically uh But what they are also suggesting as a use is internal application, which is basically to take them like orally, really, or to put them into smoothie, yeah, to food and stuff. In fact, there are people apparently online who are, you know, suggesting that, you know, when you're cooking, rather than using basil, say, you would use the essential oil (laughs) of basil. This this Um, is a thing. And so their website has all this stuff, you know, that these essential oils have a rich culinary history. They can be used as dietary supplements. They contribute many health benefits. When ingested, they directly enter the bloodstream via the gastrointestinal tract, blah, 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 blah. And basically, nowhere there does it state that these are dangerous to take. Um, And so. they are. I don't
0: think they, but be- I don't think they believe that they yeah, are. Yeah, no. Well, but I think they're aware that they-
1: exactly. So the um, there's basically been a uh, an investigation and a warning from a consumer um, kind of advocate organisation in Australia called Choice. They've contacted the New South Wales Poisons Information Centre and asked about essential oils and whether they should be taken orally. And the, and the National Poison Centre say no. <laughs> and that um, clearly not. different oils will have different risks. But essentially they can cause seizures, um, uh, no, nausea, vomiting, burns, all sorts of stuff. And they say that also chronic exposure can cause organ damage. Um So it's kind of incredible. Are you going to talk about pets as well? Well, that people are using it for their pets too?
0: No, essential oils can be extremely dangerous for children and pets.
1: Oh, right. Well. um,
0: So if you've got a dog, there's certain – or in fact, just leave them out altogether, but there's certainly some oils, dogs and cats, that you shouldn't even be burning and and diffusing.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's just this sort of bonkers thing that um, I hadn't realized people were taking them orally. If you are a fan of essential oils, don't, don't, just don't, basically. Yeah, really don't. And certainly don't. Now, if you, you must, check them.
0: very carefully what is safe to burn around your house. Yeah. Keep them away from animals and children.
1: Yeah.
0: And just an unnecessary plug for something I'm not in any way involved with is um, you check out Sounds Like MLM But Okay, there's a Facebook group and they do a reasonably good podcast as well, which I've just started listening to. Sounds like MLM, but okay. And I'll probably link properly, because why not? Wow. you guys want to do word of the day? Sure. Boom. Narcomancy. Narcomancy is the word of the day.
2: Well, well, surely narco is related to narcotics. Mm. And so this is um, divine. Anyway. Oh, wait, I didn't, didn't
0: roll the dice. Damn it. Okay, I guess Craig's going first. <laughs> trying to keep it random so it's not always just the same person going first. Off, Craig.
2: <laughs> so, Craig, are you uh, saying
0: something to do with narcotics
2: or drugs, yeah, so, et cetera? So um, I would say... Uh, d- divining your future uh, after by relying upon the effects of narcotics. So taking drugs. Mm. And and producing, uh, I guess, predictions about your future from that. Susie?
1: If that's the way that, um, that Craig has gone, that I'm going to go slightly differently in that I'm going to go based on narcolepsy, which is the kind of falling asleepy thing? Um, so maybe the uh, divining or having visions when you're sleeping.
0: Hmm. Pretty much divination based. Pretty sleep? much. Yes.
2: yes. Okay. That was me. Oh, <laughs> it. Awesome. Yes. Good job. Thank you. So that's interesting, though. <laughs> how does the So how does the word narco, well, how does that narco relate to both sleep and and narcotics?
0: That is a good question, which I will be able to answer for you right now.
1: Meaning stupor.
2: That's sort
0: of where
1: I was going. Stupor, sleep, or a state of unconsciousness. Right. So, to do with the actions of drugs, not the actual drugs, and only some drugs, not all of them.
2: Hmm. That's essentially it. So, maybe, so, are narcotics then, particularly the class of drugs that would then put you into a stupor?
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's probably more of a broad term now, but the original or origin of the word, yes. Hmm. I mean, you imagine you're sort of, you're, you know, stereotypical drug addict wandering around the sleep, uh, running around the streets, being all blurry and half half awake, half aware.
2: Mm. Mm. Yes, rather than uh, drugs that uh, that make you wide awake. Indeed. And,
0: mm. Which okay. I think would still be called narcotics, although maybe maybe the the, the scientists would disagree with me. If you're a scientist and you, or a medical doctor and you think that uh, narcotics only refers to certain types of drugs, let us know.
1: So it says it that... Well,
2: Susie's a scientist. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it's I mean, not narcotics... a bacteria question. Exactly, yeah. What do I know? I know
2: bugger like, or... all. Yes, scientists shouldn't comment outside their <laughs> area of expertise. That is true. Says the man. Should leave it to us exactly. sceptics. <laughs> <Just laughs> literally just, <we're laughs> literally just described our podcast, <laughs> commenting outside our area of expertise. <laughs> hey, no, I knew about CSV files. No, you did. quite right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and with that,
2: uh, Craig, do you
0: want to give us a quote? wrap us
2: up yeah okay so um as per um susie's admonition i've always been trying to find quotes by women but no gave up this time
0: <gasps>
1: and so close to international enough women's day too craig that's not, not enough
2: quotes not yeah. enough quotes by women there's
0: plenty basically. of quotes by women you just can't find them that's it about they're, they're not publicized okay. as much i Nathan, yes.
2: I would like to pass. I would like to pass the mantle you onto you. <laughs> <laughs> you should accept the mantle. Uh, should I? Yes. Anyway, I did find a good. I did find a good quote that I had not read before, um, but unfortunately, it's not by a woman. No, it is. Um, it is by Jules Verne, and the quote is. Reality provides us with facts so romantic that imagination itself could add nothing to Mm them.
0: It's nice. It's nice. I'm not sure I agree with it. Well, I don't have a particularly wonderful imagination, but I'm sure that someone somewhere could add all sorts of amazing stuff to any given fact without really even trying. In fact, I would argue that Jules Verne would probably be an example of that sort of person.
1: Given that he's
0: literally a sci-fi author.
1: Yeah, but I guess what he's saying is he's you know, I mean, as a biologist, yeah, there's all sorts of crazy things in nature that you just like you couldn't make this stuff up, right?
0: That's not what he said. Yeah. That's not what he said. He said you couldn't add anything to them. Give me a fact. Give me a science fact.
1: Oh (laughs) here we go. You're a (laughs) dick.
0: With lasers.
1: <laughs> Boom! Oh, wait,
0: but, no, that's not imagination. But, I do have lasers.
2: Okay, but does that make it more romantic?
1: No, I, or no, is I it just you've added something else to it? I just to added it. Just something to, nothing it. Nothing to it. Could add nothing to it. I There's added something useful something.
2: to it. Didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm disagreeing with it. Premier Fast. Oh I can't, no, I'm not going to say that because I can't pronounce it. Oh,
2: my goodness. Prima phasing.
0: <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) I think we need a a break, and Craig needs to go and deal with his guests. So thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for being here, you guys. You've been listening to the Completely Unnecessary Sceptical Podcast. If you'd like to send us suggestions or feedback, send us a message on Facebook or our website, thecast.org.nz.
2: And we will be back regularly. Sure, we will promise (laughs) for a particular definition of regularity (laughs) and promise (laughs) and definitely